Welcome to the Blooming League of Original Podcast. G'day and welcome to Evan's extraordinary final edition of Thrush and Treasure, the torture chamber musical comedy podcast that can't say no to chip butties. Face it, they're deliciously yum. And speaking of butties face, he has a hot body, butties face. It's Aaron the village idiot. Oh wait, that's me. I'm Aaron and I'm joined for the last time by the man who's leaving me for another warden because he was once a baker. Now he's just baked after he's gone and quit his job to be the breadwinner of the family. It's Evan, the metal man. How's it going? <laughs> hey, good. Yeah, good. Good. Happy good. Father's Day. <laughs> well, it was months ago or weeks ago. I don't know when this is going to air. But guess what? What? I made cookies for the first time in my life. I made chocolate chip cookies because as I've expressed to you many times, former Baker man, I just want a Subway cookie, one of those big ones, or a cruise ship cookie that they deliver to your room. I wouldn't just order a cookie, mind you. But um, I've made cookies for 30 years and I would make them like the old Subway big ones. Like I got sick of Subway not having them. So I, that's how I make them. Exactly like that. These ones were probably the best ones, but these ones break my teeth, so good on me. Um, but it was fun. Anyways, guess what? What? I need to turn my page. We have another iconic diva in the studio today, and considering the length of his resume, one has to wonder how the man gets any sleep at all. So let's bore him into napping with his insanely incredible input into the industry, insisting this impressive interviewee has ignited infinite indie and internationally idolized IPs with incomparable impetus and intrigue in inviting our eyes to indulge in his imaginative identities and instantly imprinting an indelible impact because it's always sunny in Philadelphia and hot in Cleveland, but one day at a time, the morning shows the desperate housewives of Silicon Valley love Victor Cristella shamelessly, but the patient Vate broke the rules of engagement then dished the dirt on Lucy for the Foster's modern family cult or coven or entourage if you're nasty. Either way, they are real monsters, especially entourage, so it's our real monster privilege to welcome to the torture chamber this actor, singer, producer, writer, and reality TV show champion who occupied the Great White Way's White House with Teddy and Alice until Roosevelt lost his head of state and sent this artiste off to the slums of France to become Les Miserables. Tenardier and harder days like these beckoned our bar mitzvah boy back to Broadway for today's chosen juicical. So please help me throw a huge falsetto g'day and a look time to this rebellious child star turned groundling who became such a major pain that his agent sent him for literally every cop show ever where we dug him in bones, nip tuck, get shorty, house numbers, NCIS Los Angeles, NCSI original recipe, plus the practice, the mentalist, the closer, the castle, or just castle, if you're nasty plus Grey's Anatomy, and so his extraordinary playlist of TV crimes and misdemeanors is so long he had no choice but to lend a lifetime of skills to the beloved musical comedy series Zoe's extraordinary playlist and Christmas, but this season star don't need a reason to want to break free, son, so this crooning cadet can fight for his right to march to the beat of his own falsetto, because he never follows, but he's always Mr. Andrew Leeds. Yay, welcome to the torture chamber. How are you going? Wow, that was amazing. <laughs> Goodness gracious me. Thank you so much. That was much. incredible. 
Wow, that must have taken some time to figure that out. Good job. Wow. <laughs> to be honest, this was probably the most genuinely intimidating uh, resume that I've looked at and gone, holy <laughs> shit. Not even Chris Sarandon, Andrew. Not even Chris Sarandon, who has everything on his. I can't believe that. I knew what I was doing with him. That was easy. This one I looked at and I'm like, oh, shit, I'm, uh, this is daunting. I don't know what I'm doing, but... I swear every week they get longer just because you're trying to outdo yourself. I am trying to outdo yeah. myself. Every week. It's an extra page or two, isn't it? It is my friend Jen's fault because about six months ago she said, wow, Aaron, you are never going to outdo yourself with these intros. And I sat back and I said, bring it on. <laughs> and since then it's just gotten worse and worse. That was amazing. Wow. It was well worth it. I enjoyed it. it was, was that everything? Did you literally list everything on, oh God, no. on my resume? No, I, I had to <laughs> cut things out and I have to be a snob about it and basically go for the things that people instantly know I see. without thinking about. So there will be some deep cuts in there, obviously, because you want a reality TV show. What? Yeah, that was, yeah. Hosted by um Sean Hayes was, uh, um, I, I know it's Situation Comedy. It's at the top of my head. Oh, it's written down here. So I've got a cheat sheet of basically all the big titles to then work with wow it's very impressive anyway how's it going guys i'm tired i'm ready for a nap <laughs> what time is it there uh it's i don't know about 15 past one yeah quarter past one quarter past 11 for evan but i'm, I'm actually yeah. wide awake but i'm just worn out after that yeah i'm sure i'm sure so, so thank you so much for joining us thanks for having me because obviously you're incredibly busy and you have just had a or your new show the patient has just started on Disney Plus in Australia and Hulu mm. in America. And I have no idea where any anywhere else. So it's probably on Disney Plus Star or yeah. whatever it is around the world. So um, Did you watch it, Aaron? No, not yet. <gasps> I did. I did yesterday. Did you? Oh, Aaron, you were making that list. He couldn't watch anything. <laughs> yeah, he's too busy researching. I was. And I was actually watching Zoe's. Yeah, see, I didn't get I didn't get a chance to watch Zoe. Oh, uh, haven't you? Oh. Where do you watch Zoe's? Uh, Zoe's is on Stan in Australia. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Hoping for a third season. I know the, the movie they did try to... What the storyline probably would have been in season three, they've put that into the, the Christmas movie. To some degree, yeah. So, Evan, what do you think of The Patient? Oh, it's, it's awesome. It's, we've only got two episodes so far. Yeah, only two, yeah, so far, yeah. yeah. So that's why I haven't watched it yet. I wait. Nice. Oh, that's fair. That is fair. What's his name? Steve Carell. He's just awesome. Isn't, isn't he? he unbelievable? Yeah. I know. Oh, he just says so much with his face. You know, there's there's so many lines he doesn't need to say. Just totally. You can, you can just see it. Yep. Yeah. 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 Talked about it on this show before that comedy actors just make the best dramatic actors. They do seem to sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 once again, you're the 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 son of a Jewish psychiatrist. Uh, that's true. Right. That's true. <laughs> Come full circle. Yeah. Stepson, technically. Yeah. And Stepson. Son, yeah. Son. It's close enough for me. Yeah. I was like, hey. Speaking on Broadway, am I doing my math right? Because I am I'm a fuckwit, really. Did you start on Broadway at six or seven years old? Yeah, around there. Yeah, yeah. Oh, crying. I was literally rolling around in mud and dog shit at the time <laughs> when I was that age. Like, goodness gracious, man. Everyone was probably doing the same in New Zealand oh. or sheep shit. Yeah, we would have been digging a fair amount of holes. Yeah. Yeah climbing trees and you're on play Broadway goodness gracious man yeah that was very lucky yeah oh, yeah. yeah is that sort of a family thing or no I, I grew up in Florida and I was very uh painfully shy and so when I was like three my mom put me in a, a community like recreation center musical theater class yeah and 
I just fell in love with it and wanted to keep going. And then a musical came to Florida to do like a pre-Broadway tryout before they went to New York and hired me to be the understudy for a few kids in the show based on nothing except for that I was just polite, basically. And um, and then at the end of the run, they were packing up their stuff to go. Like that, they were like there was like maybe one or two more shows. I said to my mom, I said, oh, I want to go to New York with them. And she goes, go ask the producer. And so I walked down the hallway to the producer who was standing there. And I said, can I go to New York with you? And she said, have we ever even heard you sing? And I said, no. She said, okay, well, come to the orchestra pit at half hour, which is, you know, half hour before the show starts. And I went and I sang a song. And um, and then 15 minutes later, they said, okay, yeah, you can come to New York. And so I got to go to New York with the show. And then I took over for one of the roles and because um, one of the kids got was being badly behaved and and uh and yeah that's that's it it was crazy that is a brilliant lesson one thing there politeness will always win over yeah bad behavior and secondly if any producers on broadway are listening please can i come to new york with you <laughs> no it's true we just i mean if i hadn't asked i w- it wouldn't have happened it's so crazy well that exactly that's right. I, I get asked a lot, how do you get the guests that you get on your show? Because we're just this shitty little Aussie show, you know, we we sit here making fun of each other the whole time. And we have these amazing guests come on like yourself. And people are like, how do you get them on? I'm like, literally, if you don't ask, you don't get anything. You can't just sit there and hope that people are going to find you. Yeah, you're doing great. But it just goes to show you, you got to ask. Yeah, just ask. See what happens. Yeah, you just got to keep going. Keep asking, keep going. That's it, not give up. And and at least yep. sort of speaking of six-year-old children, we'll move on to metal. <laughs> if you were a rock star, what would be in your craziest, most over-the-top rider? So anything you could put in there. I want a zebra. I want all sorts of crazy shit. Oh, that's a good question, I guess. Um, if I could have anything, uh, I'm like pretty happy with like, I just want a place to sleep that's like, new and clean that's all clean bed yeah that's all what about like floating in zero gravity that would be cool i mean <laughs> yeah i can't think of anything realistic that i would ask for oh i'm not i'm no we don't want realistic here we want stupid <laughs> i don't know that's that sounds like a good idea if i was you know in a band doing city after city after city after city a clean guaranteed clean bed yeah every night that would be good yeah. that's not bad yeah yeah well you do your own tour bus i guess i don't mean to criticize i promise you andrew i don't mean to criticize i'm just sort of urging you on to get crazier and crazier no no i just like i guess <laughs> i would like f- just food always delivered to me like that i didn't have to think about i would like i'd love to make a list of like things i like and then every day would just be a surprise of whatever it was and i didn't have to decide here's dinner yeah i just don't want to have to decide about it that's all yeah a spinning wheel yeah it's too hard to decide what to eat yeah 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 it takes takes too long see i'm the type though i'm like i'll flip a coin for it and i'll flip a coin i'm like no best out of three because i'm never satisfied interesting bloody answer is interesting Uh, i'm trying to think of what else i would i would really want i don't know just uh yeah that's it just just that's it that's all i want just some food i guess these days though asking for quiet and comfort anywhere is really a big ask. Everyone's <laughs> so loud. But anyways, we're going to move on. Uh, have you had any experience with metal, heavy metal, new metal, glam metal, death metal, black metal? I have zero. I have zero experience with any type of metal. Zero. Like yeah. none. None at all. I couldn't even tell you what. I couldn't even tell you what. What I, who a heavy metal person is. That's how little experience I've had. Well, the way you say it, we can tell. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I I just find it so unavoidable. It's just, you know, it's everywhere. It's 
Yeah. You know, every radio station it is. You know, will, will play their version of metal somewhere. Now, the last song I heard you sing was Led Zeppelin and their heavy metal. Led Zeppelin. Wish You Were Here. What was that? Oh, Wish You Were Here. No, sorry, that's Pink Floyd. That's Pink Floyd. Oops. I'm going oh. to heavy metal how? What? Give me an example. Like, what's the most famous heavy metal song? Stairway to Heaven. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Is it? Is that? I mean, I know that song. I would say so. Yeah, Stairway to Heaven. Definitely. That's classed as metal. It's, yeah, I think it is most famous. Probably, yeah. Did you not like it or something? Oh, no, I'm just over it. It got played to death in the day. Mm. And then Wayne's World brought it back again and got played to death again. Bohemian Rhapsody is not metal, though, is it? Oh, hell yeah. Heavy metal, yeah. Yeah, into about the the fifth minute when they just go nuts. Yeah, it's operatic, it's theatrical, it's crazy, it's over the top. But it's it's heavy metal? Sure. Oh, okay. Well, then maybe they do know a little bit more than I... I mean, they... I mean, Queen do everything, really. They cross all genres, but... Gotcha. They headbang with the best of them as well. Gotcha. Well, I love that. Yeah, yeah you want to with Brian May's hair. Christ, that poem. Yeah. Goodness me. Exactly. It's true. That's, that's a poem for the gods. Yeah. What is it I always say? What's going to get the ladies is getting a perm and learning the sax. Anyways. <laughs> so Evan chose the album this week for us both, and he picked Adelita's Way. So I'm going to quickly run through my review. Okay. And uh, we'll see what I thought of this album. When Evan first showed me Adelita's Way, my eye twitched at the lack of apostrophe. Off to a great start. (laughs) So I pressed play, expecting some death metal to scare my kitty cat Anya away, but found something worse instead. B-N-E. Big Nickelback Energy. (laughs) This opening number. Great. Scream started and I hoped for a killer track invoking one of my favourite movies, but received something worse. I found myself indifferent. Both opening track and follow-up seem to be about the same thing, but whilst it feels laboured and forced, number one is just a constant flow of the same lyrics. Number two, at least, slips out with ease, but neither contain melodies, moments or lyrics that catch me off guard or raise an eyebrow. Dirty little thing is right. But I wanted sleeves, damn it. Not an emo love song. Oh my god, Evan. Anyway, Last Stand should be the last track for crying out loud. Hate love liven things up a bit, with at least some bop. But being another emo love song, can somebody please bop me over the head? Wait, don't, because then I can't hear the rest of this album, which has taken five tracks to raise an eyebrow. Hair, not a full brow, but I'm living in hope, truly. But truth be told, as I write this, I'm tired, hungry, and grumpy. A total contrast to the normal me. Shut up, Evan. But even (laughs) dreary-eyed, I know one thing is for sure. This ain't metal. This is modern rock. And I'm sorry, but this is just not my bag. And it's not for lack of trying. Clearly, they are trying. I just wish they tried for something more than sounding like all the others. Nickelback. One and a half stars. The half, because now I actually do feel kind of guilty because I was horrible in that review. But no, I just, I didn't like this at all. I'm sorry. I, I don't deny that they're not talent. I don't deny that they're talented. <laughs> I just don't think this album showed that. It's, look, I'm, I'm going to say it's, it's fair call. There's, there's a fair amount of radio friendliness and a commercialness. It, yes. And I didn't want yeah. that. I, I get excited about when you give me things that have this unique approach to it because there's something in the music that I can 
cling to that is something new it's not the same old same old and every track kind of did feel like the same story my life sucks i need a hug <laughs> and it's like my life sucks and i need a hug but i'd rather get up and dance because at least then i'm i'm getting out that emo i'm not just standing there what do you call them um toe gazers i i, I know i'm ripping shit into i look like an absolute asshole right now and i own that i really really do but i remember people i need to listen to these albums about 20 times on repeat alone in my room so i was tired grumpy and hungry and i'll own that so maybe in the future maybe a different album yeah so yeah this week just to recap i chose elita's way who were they were formed in 2006 in las vegas yeah class them as hard rock really i don't know it's it's a bit sort of soft cock rock really it is Uh, it is modern rock it's they banged out seven albums and this was their first self-titled um and the reason i picked it is um because the wrestling uh the the first song invincible the first single was uh featured on uh smackdown yeah i read uh, that wrestling 2008 yeah i played it i know the song from i used to watch the wrestling in 2010 so i know that song really well you and that bloody mike evan oh my god every episode i know i hit it every time yeah and and again this was just another one of these random songs i've been listening to a an american online metal station and just noting down bands that i like the sound of and this was another one of these wow. so, yeah I, I hadn't really discovered them myself before i just i chose them because i heard them on the radio and went hmm, i don't mind it sorry i just i i yep. couldn't <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> sounds like aaron did mind it <laughs> i did i did mind it this time during my review there was one page that i stopped writing because i thought i was being a bit too harsh um i'm not gonna read it all but i found it sounded like the end credits music of the Scorpion King 6, starring Hulk Hogan and Dean Kane. But I sort of crossed that out because <laughs> I thought that was a bit too mean. No, that, that's fair. Because I'm not here to be mean about it. Like, I do give it the time. And this time I looked at the lyrics. That first song is just the same lyrics over and over <laughs> and over again. It's inspirational. That's all it is. But you criticize musical yeah. theater for doing stuff like that or a reprise that just does the same tune and, you know, arrangements as before. <sighs> That's really kind of the definition of so reprising I was a confused. song, though. Well, you know, yeah. you know, you know that single in the middle you loved? Let's do it again. Yeah, but that's not always the case. Because quite often it's for story or it's for that momentum is built up. We'll get to that because there is... At least one reprise in the chosen musical. Uh, yeah, no, I, I'm sorry. I did write, other yeah, than lyrically, I have no notes, and neither oh, do they, well, apparently. Right, well, uh-huh. yeah. I'm just going to have to choose some death metal, or some Norwegian black metal or something, but it'll, it'll scare the guest away. Probably. That's why we've <laughs> got to be really careful with what we give which guest. Like, it's just noise. It's just rah, rah, rah. Yeah, and sort of when I've built up a good rapport with a guest and then I could sort of say to them, do you want some death metal? Do you want, like, Cannibal Corpse? But that's sort of, you know, it's very rare. That's hard to listen to. (laughs) Yeah, look, and and that's fine, but at least it it wasn't radio-friendly Bogan love songs. I'm sorry, I like the wrestling. Yeah, (laughs) that's fine. (laughs) 
That's fine. And look, I would say wrestling is in itself theatrical, but I know that wrestling fans will start going, it's not bloody fake. I'm not saying it's fake. I'm saying it is theatrical. It is camp. This wasn't camp. This music wasn't camp. So therefore, I don't think of wrestling when I hear this. I do think of straight-to-DVD sequels. And Nickelback. And Nickelback, who probably appear on many straight-to-DVD sequels. <laughs> I'm going to get in so much trouble when this episode airs because I know Nickelback fans are very passionate. And that dog is barking next door again. Yeah, no, it just... No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This is, was not for... This was not for me. Thumbs down. <laughs> and, uh, look, I've liked so much of what we've done lately. And there's one album that we've covered, well, we've prepared the episode for but it fell through as happens in this industry and there's one particular song it's the band kicks and the song heartache like that's on now on my playlist because that's a really fun bop and it does sound pretty similar to other bands but it also has that unique approach to that song and it goes places there's a few kind of peaks and valleys and, and the lyrically it takes different turns that i didn't expect this took every turn that i expected and <laughs> i just got seasick by the end of it really you can you can hear the key changes coming a mile away yeah i know i know there were key changes in it i couldn't even tell it was just it was it was aldi food <laughs> that's what it was you know how i had some aldi potato chips the other day right just plain original salt potato chips and it tasted like the aldi butter chicken that i'd had and the aldi milk that i'd had and the aldi chocolate that i'd had because it all tastes the same it all comes from the same machines so it all bloody tastes the same <laughs> that artificial cheapness in a bag yeah but you say that though and i love pop bands that are artificial they are a bunch of people who went along to an audition and they're put together by a manager <laughs> have written some of the greatest songs ever written exactly some of the greatest bops ever look at the impact the spice girls have and i'll but i'll fight for them to the day i die <laughs> anyway really you know so i don't know i just and i haven't really felt this badly about feeling <laughs> this way about a band for so long because i have kind of really liked what we've had or if i haven't liked it i have been able to pinpoint where they went wrong here it's just i i just look like a bastard thank you evan it was your choice you <laughs> set me up for this served up something radio friendly hated it job done and it's not that i hate radio friendly that's just the thing it's just we've been talking about some of the greatest bands that have ever banded <laughs> I don't know. I just, I, and, and that apostrophe, why is, what, what's with the name? What's with the name? Yeah. Um, it's, uh, it was the name of a club. The story goes, they got, they were on their way to Tijuana. Uh, they got pulled over by corrupt cops and robbed, but the lead singer still had some cash in his sock. Oh, okay. Um, they big. pulled over to a bar to drown their sorrows. And it turned out to be a brothel called. Oh, Adel and that's. Adletus. And that's the girl in the photo. Well, no, that's a model. But well, yes. the model, that's the, the recreation of, yes, okay. And that makes sense now. Yeah. And, and yeah, and there he, he met a prostitute and had a conversation with it, with her. With her. Um, and yeah, the album, that's where the, the whole concept came from. Yeah. I, uh, he, he sort of felt sorry that this, it, 
what was it like she had no choice it was just the life that was thrust upon her yeah um and yeah i actually have this in common with him talking to a prostitute in a bar in hawaii but i didn't write an album about it i wrote a novel oh well maybe you should have maybe i should have no that's it anyways um hang on we can know that's the wrong one looks like adelita found her way to an ad break we'll be back in a moment g'day listeners aaron here because evan and i are stuck in australia we thought we'd better send a spy to broadway to check out the shows for us so here for today's review is our Broadway spy, Spencer. Up next, we have the new musical K-pop at the Circle in the Square Theatre, which is one of my favorite theaters on Broadway. It's a thrust theater, and boy, did they use it. I sat in the first row, and let me tell you, you can see this show right there. This choreography is so smooth and clean by Jennifer Weber. And uh, the scenic design is, again, very subtle, but it uh, really added a lot to the show. The lighting design was amazing. It felt like you were at a K-pop show, as were the projections by Peter Negrini. um, And the costumes by Clint Ramos and Sophia Choi were exactly what you'd expect them to be. I mean, this show emulates this genre so well. The, the, The two groups and and the star were fantastic. They were a mix of Broadway people and actual K-pop stars. And the the show was for everyone. I think this show is for tourists. It uh, Theater purists will not enjoy this show because it's one of those weird things where I don't feel like it's a musical quite, but it's also, it's not a concert. It's, it's right in between. And it was, it was a lot of fun. So go see K-pop, Circle and Square Feet. You're listening to Thrash and Treasure. I'm Aaron, that's Evan, and we are joined by the amazing Andrew Leeds. Uh, but anyways, we're going to do the musical because you're also a part of one of my longtime favourite things, falsettos on Broadway, and you were the alternate Jason, I believe. Uh, yeah, so, so, uh, for, yeah, uh, for a time, and then I was, yeah, I did, I did, yeah, I did. Look, were you, are you like a big musical theatre fan? I am, yeah. Uh, you are? Massive. Yeah. <laughs> Both of you? No, he he's the massive musical theater fan. Yeah, yeah, he's he's the metal fan, and he's learning about musicals. I see. So every week he he makes me listen to a musical because I would I've only went to my first musical uh, last week. Yeah. Oh, what was it? Oh, uh, we saw Frozen. Oh, how'd you like it? Oh, uh, yeah, it was amazing. Oh, good. Yeah, he had opening night tickets. Remember before Andrew, we said that I do all the work. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he gets to just rock up. He got the opening night tickets to Frozen. Not me. But that's because he's there. That's why I'm... I see. And yeah, and but yeah, no, it's an amazing show. Yeah, the, the, uh, the effects, the sets, the, you know, the way they use projections, is, it's incredible. That, dis- that yeah. Disney dollar, I tell you. Yes, yeah, so I keep saying Disney magic. Oh, my God. It is real. Yeah. So, yes, every week Aaron makes me listen to and research as much as I can find out about a given musical from everything from... Dr. Zhivago to In Trousers. In Trousers? You did In Trousers? Wow. Yes. Oh, with Allison. Well, we did In Trousers mm. with Allison originally with uh, Evan's brother Gareth, and he slept through 
the recording that I had with Allison. So this was our first guest, Andrew. <laughs> he jumped in. straight in the deep end. Our seventh episode, this show was a baby. We didn't know what we were doing at all. We hadn't found the voice of it or anything. And Allison was so beautiful to yep. come back the next night mm. with Gareth and hear what he thought about that. And then she ended up coming on again recently, but we covered in trousers again with Evan with Mary Tester. Oh, wow. Who... Praise the heavens, I love her. Mm. And then we did March of the Valsettos with Alison. And so I was sort of trying to find what sort of a, a great iconic guest that I could get for the third part of the trilogy. And sort of thought you, you would be great because your career has been so constant for for how long now and oh i don't know about how constant but that's nice it has look i I, (laughs) i'm sorry i i know your career mate i did that (laughs) but yeah so we've done a separate episode for each part of the falsettos and oh wow that's great so yeah finally now we've waited a long time for the third yes what'd you think yeah well i mean i i said previously in the uh, intro i love in trousers it's just bonkers just Mm -hmm. absolutely off the wall yeah yeah. loved everything about it but um but yeah this week uh i got to listen to falsetto land Mm -hmm. the third installment so yeah wizard brown was going down in the first act and he goes again goes down again in this the 92 (laughs) third installment of william finn's completely musically bonkers musical trilogy falsetto land I found I watched the the PBS Pro shot. I'm pretty sure there's like significant changes between yeah the cast recording and the PBS recording. Like one's one's '92, the other one's 2017. Well, actually, that that recording, the recording, the the audio recording is from 19, I think 1990. It was before. It's not yeah. from the Broadway production. It's from the off Broadway no. production. So yeah. there were even changes from the recording to the 1992 production and then there were more changes obviously for the uh what 2017 16 production whatever that was yeah 2017 yeah. seems to be yeah but yeah uh, just one of the changes that really stood out to me in the song um canceling the bar mitzvah there's a piece that mendel sings uh saying that they should tell jason that life isn't fair it's just a fantastic performance from brandon oh my god you run of wits you run wits from brandon you run wits yeah yeah yeah, and, and uh, then I think after it, Unlikely Love is seems to be just a completely different song. And Cancelling the Bar Mitzvah seemed to be completely different? Unlikely Love. Oh, Unlikely Lovers was totally different? Yeah, I was playing the playing them side by side, and I'm like, these are just different songs. Are they? I'll have yeah. To. No, no, that shouldn't be. I listened <laughs> to the original, no offense to the revival okay. cast, but I... Well, I got a little confused because there was lots of different versions around. Yeah. Interesting. Okay, yeah. But yeah, Something Bad Is Happening is really catchy and oh. it's easy to see why they reprised it. But it's not just yeah. catchy, that's a really awful pun to use <laughs> on a song that's about AIDS, Evan. Oh God, you're, you're turning into me. The music itself is really upbeat and catchy and, you know, it's like conga line. It is, but it's also beautiful. It's haunting in a way. It's it's. She's talking about this disease that's ravaging the community and I know. she doesn't know what it is. No, I'm saying the... But, the way Billy Finn, as Alison calls him, so it's stuck in my head now, wrote that song is, you're right, it is catchy, it's it's deceptive in that sense, but it's haunting when you sit down and really think about it. And then it's, it's you know, it, yeah, sorry, it's your, your time to speak. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm it's one of my favourite songs in musical theatre, it really is, because it's so sad, but beautiful. Like me. Okay. It's also incredibly catchy. 
but um and yeah as as with the other because this is the great thing about the way aaron's presented this to me you know i got to listen to wind trousers over and over and over for a while and then march of the falsettos over and over for a while so i got to experience it in order which is really nice um mm. and not yeah you know, just see the, the second or third act and then discover that in trousers is a thing yeah. later on, like most people do. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, the sets are really clever. Um, it's just a great example of how to do a lot with a low budget. Just the just the use of big foam blocks. Mm -hmm. I love that. Just simple, effective. Yeah. You know, two second change and it's, you know, now it's an office and, you know, now it's a, a lounge and yeah. It's, yeah. It's really well done. That was a cool set that for that revival. the The original set was even more simple. It was just furniture on wheels. It wasn't. I mean, it wasn't <laughs> yeah. as intricate as as that uh, sort of puzzle block that was interesting. But but I think I kind of prefer the furniture on wheels version. Did, just, did the did the the foam blocks ever go wrong? You end up with like a piece hey, of Andrew wasn't in that production. You're oh no, you're in the wrong <laughs> wrong decade. Well and truly. Oh, damn. So I didn't use the same set. No. No. Oh. Do you have an interest in directing musicals? Yes, and writing and oh. everything. I've written <laughs> novels. Even, look, think about it. Yeah. I do this show, but I still put in all that work yeah. to write jokes and puns. Yeah. The novels, as like that, that's not a hobby, wow. basically. So, geez. I'm here as an artist as much as I, I am a fan and supporter. That's amazing. That's, that's like a very thick book I just saw. Okay, it's uh, 490 something pages. Wow, third novel. Anyways, not about me. It is about what kind of what kind of style is the novel? Uh, it's a comedy horror. Oh, cool. Well, are we talking like Evil Dead comedy horror or? Uh, well, kind of good uh, example, but not quite. It's okay. It's dark. It's not. It's not a kids book. Basically, some people confuse it as a children's fantasy, but it's not. It's a adult comedy horror. So it's very violent. Okay. So not um not slapstick horror then no it's just no. comedy in it but there's a lot of blood and gore and decapitation and all that stuff anyways so anyway. again not about the toniston tales no it's about falsetto falsetto land falsetto oh, land I, I constantly say constantly say falsetto like like a stiletto that's fine mm. you you also said julie garland so We'll forgive yeah, you. I know that. it's wrong. I've got it written correctly and I'm still saying it wrong. Yeah. Anyway. You are turning into me. Continue. But yeah, um, yeah, and we continue to explore the relationship between uh Wizard and Marvin. And Marvin is really a hard guy to love. Like he really goes out of his way to be a dick a fair bit. You know, he doesn't come off the best in in March of the Falsettos either. Well, no, not all three, but we talk about this. We've talked about it three times now that is this really a problem? Do you have to like the leading character of a no, musical or a film? No, it's, it's again, it's unusual to see. That's it's what's so great about the whole series. And, and, and the, I'm as a straight guy saying, you know, the, the portrayal of gay couples, it, it's what it gets right so much over something like Rent. Just putting them in, in a family situation, this is just how the family has come together you know and they're just trying to keep it together basically well marvin's des desperately trying to keep it together he wants everything that's the thing he's he is quite jealous and quite greedy and it's just a lot a lot of it's just his fault yeah and you end up falling in love with wizard i'm gonna say i'm gonna say spoilers but you can't 
help but get all teary when like Jason puts the the chess piece on on the grave. Oh yeah, that was that, a nice. That moment. Get, gets you right there, doesn't it? That was not in the original, but yeah, that was a nice moment. No, no. Oh, it's yeah. a, well, it's a worthy addition because it, it just topped it off nicely. Yeah. Did you like Marvin as a character? I do because he's intriguing and he's twisted and he's layered. He's not the likable hero. I like that. I, I don't know how Evan feels. Oh, it, it was um, striking. His wife did it for me. That was like, oh, I'm sorry. There's no excuse for that. Yeah. It's not. Again, we talk about, Allison talks about this and where that stems from. That was written into the story because at the time, right? Because Allison and Billy Finn were obviously friends and they, you know, come from the same town and moved to New York and end up working together on, on this musical. And Allison started dating one of Bill's friends. A couple of days later, Trina's mm. getting slapped in the face. <laughs> Coincidence? Allison thinks not, the man in question thinks not, but Bill Finn denies it. We at Thrash and Treasure are a completely neutral party. Please do not sue us. <laughs> Interesting, huh? Yeah, I think that's so, because it's, you know, it's it's the pettiness of an artist. You know, they put their emotions and their feelings into the work and, you know, express how they're feeling. And it just it's such a dark moment. It really is. But also, you're talking about here, like, it, it is a comedy, but it is also about AIDS mm. and it is about a man who, who cheats on his family. It's also about a psychiatrist mm -hmm. who goes after his patient. Yeah. Uh, very inappropriate. It's about a family without any boundaries. Yeah. That's it. They're, they're all very dysfunctional. I think the only person who seems to have any boundaries is the, the lesbians from next door because they're at least only in half of the show. Well, that half of falsettos. I think Wizard kind of does. Wizard seems to have his act together. Most, mostly, yeah, true. But yeah. yeah, and he is very much the the moral center of the, the show. Way, yeah, mm. think, yeah. Sure. Well, yeah, teaching yeah. teaching yeah. Jason how to play baseball and playing chess, and just yeah, he, he took the he took the father figure role. Yeah, when everyone else was just too busy yeah. dealing with their own crap. Yeah, Marvin still is growing up, and I think by the end of the trilogy, he has. Because in, in Trousers is about that stepping into adulthood. And then once he's in adulthood, yeah, it's not all it's cracked up to be. And things fall apart. And then I think by the end of it, he, hopefully. Could you imagine there being a fourth one? Yeah, they could set it in a retirement home in their 80s and call it Falsetta Teeth. <laughs> no, but um, I actually did ask one of our guests... Mary or Allison, what they would imagine the characters would be up to now. Hmm. I think, did I ask that or was that, no, that was Freddie Walker Brown from Rent and that was what the Rent people would um, be up to now. And she said gotcha. Benny would be a trumper. Yeah, no, I, look, I, I'm a sucker for trilogies and if it's going to be a trilogy, leave it a trilogy. If you're going to do more than that, then you've got to do three trilogies or my eye will twitch. I see. <laughs> well, we can't do a prequel. No, you can't really, can you? No. <laughs> it wouldn't be as fun, I don't think. Marvin in kindergarten just wouldn't ring with audiences. Yeah. No, no, but... No, but yeah, I, I absolutely love it, as yeah. usual. As with the other two, you know, In Trousers just won me over to begin with. Has um, there been a musical that you've, that you've been presented with that you haven't liked? Yes. Yeah. Oh, many. I, I mean, I, I try to be diplomatic most of the time. So what, what, yeah, what was something that you didn't love? I'm trying to think of some... I'm trying to... Th 
You didn't Look like Bat Boy. Oh God, Bat Boy was horrible. I tore that a new one. Yeah. Well, I don't know why you're so mean. Oh, you really are. You're horrible. It was. It was just terrible all it over. Was it was not. terrible songwriting. Terrible. Terrible, terrible story. The story didn't make sense. It had the holes you could drive a truck you through. Just yeah, it was bad. It's silly comedy horror. Um, you didn't like Jerry Springer. Oh yeah, hated Jerry Springer. Okay, well that's all. Okay, that's all fair so far. Oh, come on. <laughs> I get it. Okay. What else? Yeah. I mean, some of the operatic ones, more, you know, like the age of them, I just can't get into it. Yeah, I get that. I understand that. Yeah. You liked Young Frankenstein more than you liked the producers. You didn't hate the producers, but. No, producers is good. Mel Brooks, you can't go wrong. We, we watched Spaceballs like yesterday. <laughs> I'm sorry. He's a, he's a national treasure. I love that movie, Pizza the Hut. Yum. Remember <laughs> yeah. Pizza Hut, all you can eat restaurants, Evan? They were delicious. Mm-hmm. I want to go back there, but anyways. Yeah, we love we love the final rounding off the trilogy. It's it's good. It's it's a hell of a show. It's so it's so well done. It's so well sung. This is amazing amazing voices in every production and yeah you can't help but feel sorry for jason through the whole thing just this the poor kid. whirlwind around him he's just trying to be a, just trying to be a kid yeah um none of it's his fault um yeah it's 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 a wonderful story it is even though it's marred with tragedy at the end you, you don't come away feeling sad is what i'm saying no it's a really special story and it's also just so rare that a musical is not based on anything it's not based on anything it's not it's mm. not based on a book it's not based on a movie it's not based on a true story nothing about it is true except the slap i mean except the slap, except the slap. <laughs> allegedly allegedly Alleged. do not sue us william finn anyway sorry i mean even even rent is based on something right there's not it's just so for something to to be so good and be so original is very very rare I think. Yeah. Oh, definitely. It it, mm. it doesn't doesn't happen much, and it's it's very much the little trilogy that could really because it started off Broadway and then it did get the Broadway production, not just in its single act yeah. forms. It got it in a a proper two act show that lasted just over a year, which is a decent run on Broadway, especially in the early '90s. A musical about gay people, about AIDS, at a time when the Reagan administration mm -hmm. wasn't spreading the nicest message and right. a lot of people were fucked over. And it's funny because I saw a tweet the other day that I had to sort of take a, a minute to calm my senses. Someone had used a photo of a protest saying Dr. Fauci has done it to us before and he's doing it to us again with COVID. Oh, yeah, seen that one. And if you look at the photo, there's actually one of the signs has the, uh, the letters L-E-S-B. So therefore, these are gays and lesbians. This is clearly a protest about AIDS. And what they're doing is they're now comparing what the Reagan administration did to AIDS patients to what's being done now with COVID. And all I want to say oh, to them yeah. is, fuck off. Just go. Go away. We're colonizing Mars already, apparently. So go there, please. Because it's stupid. There's the dumbest shit ever. Um, anyways, I just wanted to get that off my chest. So you should, you should watch Fox News once No, I don't watch the news. <laughs> if Look, the only news I need to know, Evan, is if the world is going to end. And if the world is going to end, 
what's it gonna matter do i need to know that anyways let's just let it end Anyways, oh, we'll get a notification. We'll get a notification. We'll get a, that's we'll it. Get a notification. Yeah. By the way, world's ending. Yeah. Continuing on. Anyways, um, I love the line: "You save lives, and I save chicken fat." I can't fucking deal with that. That's one of my favorite musical theater lines. It's the best, the best line. Yeah. Yeah, it's the best. It's just so silly. And I remember years ago. This is such a random memory. In the car with my parents, and I got my own way with music for a change. Listening to falsettos, and when she said that, they both in the front turned around and said, "What is this shit you're listening to? It's falsettos, <laughs> mum and dad." Anyways, I can't imagine being. A teenager in the car and making the parents listen to March of the Falsetto. Because a lot of the times we were doing musicals or sh- songs from. So I've performed Four Jews in the Room Bitching and the baseball game on stage as a 13 year old in a cabaret in a pub with people getting drunk. That was fun. Um, mm. Also, Days Like This, I love that song. Now, question for you, Andrew. If you were to produce or direct, let's say, a gender-swapped version, which current-day actors or actresses would you put in the roles? So gender-swap. A gender-swapped version of, of falsettos? Yep. So you got a female Marvin. Female Marvin, yeah. So Martha. Ooh. I mean, keep in mind that, that Marvin's probably 40 years old, yeah, right? Yeah, I reckon. Yeah. Hmm. yeah um oh what, yeah, do you think because he's, he's isn't he young even a young adult a teenage son in, in trousers oh i don't bloody know we don't even know what his surname is we don't know what he does for a job we don't know his, his last, last his, his last name is marvin his name's marvin marvin marvin, marvin yeah <laughs> i think i think it is because he well the reason that is because he goes it's queer mr marvin he does too doesn't he oh. ah marvin marvin yeah yeah Oh, yeah, we have solved the awesome Marvin. Marvin, there is a screenplay that exists of, of falsettos, by the way. Oh, hurry up and make it, please! Goodness me. Well, I, it's I don't think that they're going to make it. It's it's old, it's, but it, I I actually have read it. Um, uh, probably not. It, it's it is interesting though because you get you see like oh Marvin has a job like you see what he does. What does he do? You see things that. You, Sorry. <laughs> I feel like in the I feel like in the in the movie I think that they wrote I think it might have been he was an architect but I don't really remember is the truth. Um, because uh, we asked. Yeah. A gender swap version. I'd like to. Who would I like to see as Marvin? Gosh, that's so hard to think of it as a woman, a forty-year-old woman. It has to be somebody famous, I suppose. Well, you want the budget, don't you? You want the the financiers to sign off on this. I guess so. gender swapped version. So you you will need a star name or two. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's also uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the singing out of it because I don't really know necessarily who yeah. sings. You know who probably be a really good Marvin. I have to say it's uh, well. No, we're talking about I, I, as a guy. I was gonna suggest a guy, but no, that's not good. We were looking for a woman. Um, who, who's the guy? Just out of curiosity, Jake Gyllenhaal could do it for sure. Yeah, I could say that. He's you know he does musicals. Yeah, mm. and he could he could do it. Yes, um, I could say that. Maggie then. Uh, that'd be interesting. Sure, I'd I'd see that. I'd want to see that. Maggie Gyllenhaal. Who else? Give, 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 who would you choose? Anybody come to mind? I actually had written down someone, and then because this was the other day, and then I've wide outed it. Or had what's the um past tense of wide out? I I I liquid papered it. Deleted. And now I can't read yeah. what I wrote. I think there's a B. <laughs> Sorry. I don't know that gender swapping falsettos actually would work that well, to be honest with oh, you. Oh, no, it did. I'm not positive. I, I never said it would work, just to say. say it would feel like Marvin has, as a female, would have different motivations. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, well, especially in that time in that time period. Yeah. 
like it would be kind of wild to imagine that. I mean, there's so many so many things about it that would make it wildly different. Well, Adam Lambert as Trina. I think that's a terrible idea. <laughs> oh, okay. Sorry, I'll go back in my shell. Uh, I think it's okay. a terrible idea. Um, I think it's just hard to imagine. But the show is built, in, it takes place in the early 80s. And you have to imagine that like with the AIDS crisis, it was, it was mostly gay men. So it's like, it's a little hard to... Mm. Uh, it's a little hard to imagine how that would work. That doesn't mean people couldn't sing the songs. And I'm sure, like, you know, uh, Shoshana Bean would be a good Marvin. I'd, 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 that would be cool. Yeah, awesome. We're not going to get financing, you know, for a movie of it. Or if, I guess we're looking for... Well, for Broadway. Broadway. You we're looking for yeah. Broadway. Okay, yeah, let's do Shoshana Bean. She'd be great. She's she's great. Encore City Center concert. There we go. Okay, a, a City Center concert. Um, Yeah, she would be really good. Uh, Annalie Ashford, maybe she could play yeah. Wizard, maybe. I like her. Although I, you know, maybe I don't know. Stephanie Block, who played Trina, could play Marvin. I could see that. Oh, you know who could do it? Uh, Beth Malone. Okay. Yep. Yep. She could do Marvin. Yeah. That's a fun. It's a fun. It's fun to try to imagine it. I guess. But we're not producing it. We're not doing it. No. Uh, look, ev- everything I watch or listen to, Andrew, I am imagining how I would interpret it somehow. And gotcha. That's sort of that's cool. that's one of the ideas that I would love to do. Even even in just a concert version just as a benefit or something like that, because why not? Yeah. Arts. Yeah. Musical theater is not like the Mona Lisa painting that is the Mona Lisa and it stays the Mona Lisa and that's it. Right. Musical theater is for each director to take on and do their interpretation of. True. Although I just wish we'd stop changing the lyrics because it's meant to be a reflection of the time it was written. But anyways. Yeah. Yeah. So in terms of doing this, you had quite a couple of cast changes i believe you had the great mandy patinkin play marvin at one point yeah which i know evan yeah would be very excited oh, about that he's great he's amazing yeah that's awesome oh i'd love to see that yeah that was pretty cool yeah, yeah. it was definitely in it it was definitely cool to do with him i see mandy patinkin as as psychiatrist as uh, mendel he'd do a brilliant mendel yeah mandy patinkin probably in the past 10 15 years yes oh, i give it i guess that's george in sunday in the park oh yeah 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 that, i'm thinking of that that kind of character as uh, sunday in the park with george kind of character i mean it'd be interesting but yeah it'd be interesting as well he'd be an interesting mental also yeah he was was pretty i find that funny because allison didn't do the third one or falsettos because she was doing the secret garden right with mandy patinkin who left the secret garden to do falsettos Broadway. Yeah, I'm wondering why Allison never came and did falsettos, actually. It would be kind of cool to have a recording where Chip played Marvin and Allison played Trina uh, in the in March in uh, in March of the Falsettos and Falsetto Land. Yeah, I'd be curious to have that. Yeah, where it's or it's consistent throughout because Chip plays Marvin in yeah Marvin in the trousers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you have to use a bit of imagination. I also love Faith Faith Prince in Falsetto Land in the in that recording. She's great in that. Look, we've been spoiled a lot with casting, obviously with big films where they're able to get actors back to play the same role from 20 years ago and stuff like that so Mm -hmm. maybe fans a little bit spoiled now for that where once upon a time it didn't really matter yeah they would just make a joke that like oh aunt viv you look different today (laughs) right 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 anyways uh, i think we can finally close the book on the marvin trilogy after three musicals but four episodes oh no my eye is gonna twitch we'll be back after the ad break 
G'day listeners, Aaron here. While you're topping up your coffees, did you know that you can support our show and go on a fantastically scary adventure at the same time? Go to www.thetonistontales.com forward slash bookstore to grab your copy of The Toniston Tales, a darkly funny Aussie trilogy about a young boy who rescues injured animals in his spare time and the roller coaster ride he's taken on by a literal fish out of water. Written by me, the village idiot of Thrash and Treasure, you'll come to love Toniston Turnbull and the dozens of wacky characters that he meets along the way. And here is a sneak peek. After barely three hours of light sleep, Toniston Turnbull slowly opens his eyes, his body feeling heavier than it ever has before. Not from extra weight, from tiredness and stress. Polly sighs in the shadows behind him, the flame of the nearest barbed wire tiki torch tower having died down, but not out, while Toniston napped. Are you awake? Toniston whispers. Oh, how can I sleep in this place? Polly moans, turning onto her side and facing Toniston, who stays on his back, imagining obscure animal-esque shapes in the rusted tin roof above them, shadows faintly formed by the nearest dying torches. We need to work out a way to get out of here, Toniston states the obvious. He whispers, despite the fact the nearest shacks to their own are several metres away, and the occupants presumably asleep, as most prisoners seem to be. How? There's no fence to squeeze through, or even climb, Polly replies, sitting up in bed and then stretching out her sore arms. The hairs stand on end from the slight chill in the air. I don't know, but I think the whole fighting thing is a distraction. You mean to distract the other prisoners when new ones arrive? No, I, I think that was just bad timing. Didn't you notice? Toniston goes on to explain his theory. That fight happened. Everybody gathered around. I didn't see one person who wasn't watching. And then when I vomited, the only gate in this place closed shut. What are you trying to say? I think something happened when everyone's back was turned. Like what? Whispers Polly, her voice breaking up in fear. I don't know. That's what we've got to find out. Toniston's brain starts working overtime, but it's strange that nobody seems to want to leave. They seem almost happy. Definitely content. So, when's the next one of those stupid beatdowns? Toniston can't help but think Polly looks tough, almost evil in the shadows as she asks, I don't know, Toniston begins, but both teenagers are distracted by a crumbling noise in the distance. Hopping out of bed, Toniston joins Polly on her own, equally uncomfortable one. Spotting a large, white package hovering close to the cave ceiling, behind it, a shadowy figure. The package is lowered down, causing the teenagers themselves to lower as well, hoping not to be spotted by whom, or what, may be operating this obscure crane. Over a long, slow descent, the package is dropped to the ground. Polly keeps her eyes on it, but Toniston looks up immediately, spotting a large black shadow scurry away to God only knows where. Come, he whispers, as he quietly hops off her bed, slipping into his docks with bare feet. Polly follows his lead. Careful to keep watch on all directions, the teenagers swiftly sneak over to the white package, their hearts beating an almost tribal jam in perfect harmony, and stopping in their tracks as the sudden realisation of what lies before them sinks in. A woman, seemingly in her early twenties, wrapped up in bandages from the neck down. No, not bandages. Is that spiderweb? Polly asks, completely mortified at the prospect. 
Grab your copy of The Toniston Tales from thetonistontales.com forward slash bookstore today. Hooroo! Alrighty, we're back with Thrush and Treasure. I'm Aaron, that's Evan, and we are joined by the iconic Andrew Leeds, who was from Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist, and we are still hope... Wait, did I say Extraordinary Playlist? Did I say Infinite Playlist, or did I say Ultimate Playlist? No, you said Extraordinary. Okay, that's right, then. I think you said Extraordinary. Oh, God, I don't know. In my head, I hear Infinite, Ultimate, and Extraordinary. <laughs> so whatever comes out of my mouth... Yeah, I know. It's It was always a problem, I'll be honest. Like, that people, because of that other movie, Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist, right? Yes. People yes. just want to go to that... What, what, I wonder what the, what, it, what would a better title would have been. Zoe's Extraordinary Music Head. <laughs> Zoe's Extraordinary uh, so, uh, Album. I don't know. Uh, I guess Playlist is right, but oh well. Yeah, Mixtape. Mixtape. Zoe's Extraordinary Mixtape. <laughs> well, there was another show called mix, called Mixtape on Netflix at the same time. So maybe mixtape. I think it was called Mixtape. Oh. Yeah. That was tough. Yeah, no, that wouldn't have worked. And if it was called Zoe's Heart Songs, I wouldn't have watched it. I'm sorry, Andrew. I would have read that and gone, I'm sorry, no. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> that's not my type of show. But it, that's me being a, an arsehole and judging a book by its title. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> uh, but anyways, speaking of being a bastard, it is questions time. So I know you play a groundlings character who likes to ask some tough questions. Don't worry, ours aren't that bad. But what song made you feel the most like a rock star in Zoe's? And which one made you feel the most dorky? Probably the one that made me feel most like a rock star was probably I Want to Break Free in the courtroom, I would say. Oh, uh, yeah. And honestly, the one that probably made me feel the most dorky would probably uh, fight for your right to party. I just got a bingo. That was, I was guessing. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. It was a very daggy number. It was meant to be, you're these lawyers and you're on your night out. It wasn't meant to be, we're these really masculine guys and this is legitimate. This is meant to be a comedy. I think so, yeah. I, I don't know. Number, so that's why I, I, I thought it would be. Yeah. I hope so. I'm sorry to the creatives if I've offended you, but I did try to read, you know, the vibe that you were giving. Given. so yeah that's why i thought that would be the answer um but that's why i sort of love those shows that like glee and smash um and all the ones we've had because they they will bring out the most ridiculous song choices i mean fight for your right to party is a dorky song anyway let's be honest fight for your right to party it's pretty dorky uh, don't you think so beastie boys please know that this is not the opinion of thrash and treasure and please come on our show you're right though it is a, a dorky song because it's, yeah. it's such a, uh, it, it is that white boy get drunk and party song. All right. Who would be in your VH1 Divas Live? If you remember those. Oh, I'm, I'm terrible at this. I, I don't, I don't know any, I don't, I couldn't, I don't know if I can name four singers. Like pop stars? Talking like divas. We are talking mega. <laughs> like just, if I just wanted like a, just a four, four, uh, I mean, Alex Newell comes to mind. Totally can't. Yes. Okay. Uh, I mean, Betty Buckley. Probably, yeah, Shoshana Bean in there. She's great. She's so talented. Mm -hmm. And then I would go with, uh, do I go with Patti Lapone? Maybe. Would she do it, though? <laughs> <laughs> I'll go with Patti. Oh, yeah. yeah. Awesome. That's our, actually our first Ooh. answer that has been all theatrical performers. Okay, now a slightly tougher question. What job that you missed out on took the longest to stop kicking yourself over? Oh, 
That's hard. Um, I mean, well, first when I auditioned for falsettos, I didn't get the job. So that was rough. That was that was the roughest probably. But then two weeks later, I did get it. So, but those two weeks were were upsetting. The sun <laughs> will come out tomorrow. Um, but otherwise, other um, other jobs. I mean, there's. I mean, you know, I mean, there's a ton of jobs I haven't gotten. That I mean, a ton. Uh, you know, not getting. Uh, I got very close to playing the husband on Mrs. Maisel. So you know, that would have been cool. Oh wow, my mom would be a huge fan of yours today. If- uh damn it um i mean i would have loved to have been not that i not that i got close to it but i would have loved to have been on succession i mean there's a lot of things that i would love to have been on uh, what i would have loved to have been in as a kid that i auditioned for and i didn't get was uh, tommy that would have been fun because i love tommy with michael Severus. yeah i do you know what, what a thrill it was to have him on the show talking tommy oh that would have been so cool yeah that would have been perfect for you guys yeah yes yeah. Yeah. One of my favorite episodes. Uh, Evan hadn't mm. yet joined the show then, so I had my best friend join me for that. But yeah. No, I would be kicking myself forever to miss out on Tommy because I know this. I missed out on Tommy this year when we had to cancel our tickets to see it live. Uh. Anyway, so you have been working professionally from a young age. What advantages and disadvantages do you think that has gained you as an adult? Today. I mean, it's so interesting, right? Because you you look around at people that are really successful, you know, athletes, like very few athletes like start playing when they're adults, right? Mm-hmm. And I think if you look at a lot of our successful actors, a lot of them did start when they were young, some of them not professionally, but a lot of our biggest quote unquote movie stars started acting as kids. It's kind of insane when you think about it. I mean, the list is sort of endless. Leonardo DiCaprio, Tobey Maguire, Scarlett Johansson. Anne Hathaway, even ones that you don't, you know, Winona Ryder, some of the people that you don't even, sometimes that you don't even think about or remember. Some of them started when they were like 17 or 16, but still pretty young. Um, I think it's a huge advantage. I mean, you just start being able to learn how to do something as a, you know, as a kid. And the only way, real way to learn is through, do you know, experience. And so I think it was extremely helpful. I think I also learned a lot of bad habits probably as a kid, but I also learned a lot of really great things especially working on stage with such great actors and such great directors and yeah i I think it's and also it's just it just is helpful because you meet you work with people and you meet people and hopefully they like you and they want to work with you again and so yeah it's a it was a huge a huge help having started as a kid for sure a lot of times producers would be willing to forego the most talented asshole to work with the maybe the second best who's a good person because the vibe that that person brings onto the set so again another lesson for people out there politeness never goes astray stamping your foot and demanding something does not get you anywhere right even though we do celebrate the divas but the divas got there by doing the hard yards and i don't mean just paying their dues as an amateur i mean they were doing the hard yards as as a professional and got to the point where they can then stamp their foot and demand water at room temperature or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, you have done a lot of procedurals, like cop shows. Yeah. That's not a question. I'm just throwing shade. Uh, Yeah. Uh, What attracts you to a script besides, I presume, a great story and characters? I mean, that's sort of a character is really what I'm like interested in probably more than anything else, you know, in a great story. I mean, I think just yeah good writing and and also 
I don't know, just like with the patient, it's just like really, really good writing, really good directing. Everybody involved is just really good and other good actors. And so just something that I'm excited for people to watch and that I'm excited to watch, you know, that that's to me is like the best is when you're able to be involved in something like, for example, like falsettos, which is like as good as it gets to be able to be involved in something like that is just like such a, you know, I feel so lucky, you know, every, every single time. Yeah. And especially it's still bring up, well, it's still beloved today and yeah. talked about, and we're still doing podcast episodes about it. Uh, Adam Sandler looks for location. Oh, well, that makes sense. Yeah, wherever he wants to go on holidays with his family, Hawaii, <laughs> Africa, Australia, that's what script he will pick. Mm. If I had that option, that would, yeah, that'd be great. All right. We're filming in Paris. All right. I'm there. Yeah, that's where well, he is, obviously, Adam <laughs> Sandler. He, like he, as we say, like he, because he was producing at the same time as writing as well as being the comedian and a musician and all that like so i think i, I look i i i know he gets a, a bit of a bad rap but i think he's a lot better than that anyways we'll move on before i put my foot in my mouth what do you look for in order to trust a director because obviously tv has a revolving door of directors yeah uh i generally try to trust the director no matter what because uh, you know when you're acting you don't really know how something you know you're not necessarily keeping track of the full story and your so I always try to trust the director and I try to do what I want to do but I always try to give them what they're asking for also and I figure at some point somebody will make the best performance out of it that they can in the editing room you know so I always try to just do I always try to give people what they want unless it's just like if I can't figure out a way to make it work then I then you know I'll do my best but sometimes sometimes it just doesn't feel right coming out of me you know necessarily and then it's then it's hard but but usually usually there's always a way to make everyone happy i think yeah and i think even then i've heard many times that actors got maybe halfway through a role and they themselves felt they weren't right for it that someone else mm -hmm. could have done a better job or like eric stoltz mm. i think it was shot about three days of back to the future and wasn't mm. right for the part you know it's there's yeah. all sorts of factors that that play into that uh, but uh, just I've got one more question, and I don't know if Evan's got anything. But Groundlings, the most famous improv troupe in the world, what have been some of the moments that spectacularly failed with an audience? I don't mean just a, a joke that didn't land. I mean spectacularly failed. Uh, I've had many moments that have many sketches that have spectacularly failed. I always love it. I think it's really fun. My favorite, probably my favorite moment was I'd written a sketch with a guy named Kyle Kennedy, who's in the company, and. Mm -hmm. uh, it was just a stupid idea. It was about two. It was about uh, sort of like a backyard barbecue, and we took everybody in the cast and put them on stage for it. It's not a very big stage, so we had like twelve people on stage, mm -hmm. all standing there, and they had pretty much no dialogue. But we had we I don't know why we wanted to have them all on stage. This the sketch was about two guys who had never met before, and they meet at this backyard barbecue, and they find out that they're both really into lawnmowers. And um, sounds like Evan. <laughs> about when we do these sketches we don't really have much time to rehearse and we just sort of try them and we learn the lines very quickly and about four lines into the sketch of a you know five page sketch i completely had no idea i had no idea what to say and i i just not i mean i had zero idea and so i just stood there I, no joke we stood there for three minutes with no dialogue being spoken. And I just, with tears rolling down my face, because all these people on stage were staring at me. 
And they were kind of trying to help me, but like they didn't know the sketch either. So eventually people just started leaving the stage until finally like we did the last four lines of the sketch. I'd say that was probably one of the worst times that anything's ever happened because it was just there was no way to get out of it. And then other sketches that I've just have, they've just been, you know, they just haven't worked. And you kind of know going into it, though, I always feel like I kind of have an idea that it's not going to work. But still, it's always it's always entertaining for sure. Self-doubt is always going to be there. Like that voice that tells you, you know, this may not land, but you, you've got to discern which is the sabotaging voice and which is the legitimate artist voice in your head that is telling you this joke just does not land. Yeah. Don't do this joke, you know what I mean? So, <laughs> well, well, it's too late now. We're standing yes. here. <laughs> Sometimes it is too late. Yeah. You're already, uh, you've gone over the breach to use a... Um, no, but that's a good point though. It's, yeah. You have to dis- discern between those two voices somehow. Yeah. Yeah. And it's hard because they're the same voice. For sure. It's literally your own voice in your head. Well, I don't know actually what anyone else hears in their head, but. Totally. Um, yeah. Mm. Uh, yes. No, thank you so much for joining us. You've been an amazing guest. It's been a real thrill to have you on. Thank you guys. That was so fun. I can't wait to go. I'm going to go. Uh, I can't wait to go back. I want to go listen to the Allison Mary Testa. You haven't. Have you had Alan Menken on yet? No, not okay. Well, good luck. That would be very, very cool. I know we've had David Zippel, we've had oh, uh, Daniel well. Francesi from Mean Girls. Oh, um, yeah, Andrew Lippa. That was a great episode. Oh, that's amazing. Wow, Glenn Slater, David Yazbek. Wow, yeah, oh, you had David Yazbek. That's so cool. Wow, oh, yeah, he, yeah, um, yeah, he that episode. Listen to that one, The Band's Visit. I love that one. Band Visit is, is incredible. It's amazing, yeah. You love them, and, and that episode was really funny. Just, just one last yep. thing: Zoe was up for two Emmy awards, I believe. One of them being choreography, and I am emotionally torn because we have one guest here from Zoe's, and we've booked in a guest from Schmigadoon who happens to be the choreographer from Schmigadoon. Oh, you're doing Chris Catelli? He's lovely. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll give it, give it to Chris. They give it to Chris because, because, because. Uh, I don't think Chris has an Emmy yet, and Mandy does have Emmy, so. Okay, well, I was going to say, in front of you, go Zoe's. But in front of Chris, I'll be, go Schmigadoon. Tell Chris hello. Okay, yes, no, I will, definitely. But just quickly, fun fact, past guest, our second guest, actually, and also one of my past guest co-hosts, Jonathan X, just directed, or he is directing the Creative Arts Emmys. Oh, cool. Mm. Like he's done the NAACP awards. He's done sports awards. He's done all sorts of stuff. I think he's his first of the big four Emmy Oscars. He's done the Oscars pre-show. Wow. And the Oscars nominations. He's never done the actual Oscars, I don't think. So, but anyway, sorry. Quickly, Evan. But yeah, but I, I, for one, I'm, I'm looking forward to listening to more William Finn stuff. Yeah, All I've heard listen- so far is just Introuses, Falsettos, and Falsetto you Land. You listen to a new brain. I haven't done New Brain yet. I just, yeah, I love the way songs are put together. There's oh, yeah. so many weird time signatures going on, so many stops and starts. And yeah, uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's really oddball, really oddball yeah. musically. Listen to Elegies. Elegies is it's great. Beautiful. Oh, he's not allowed to unless I give it to him. So, oh, I see. And then I have to pick a guest for each one specifically i don't think you can get elegies on on like any of the music things i don't i haven't been able to find it i don't think I'm not maybe, sure. maybe i'm wrong no I don't, I, i'm not sure no i don't think it is but a new brain we did cover originally but the earlier an episode the worse it is so i still haven't listened to it though i haven't heard a new brain yet no yet. we'll get there it's great well i love that you're getting so into this 
That's so cool. It it reminds me of like they might be giants. I'm I'm just a huge they might be oh, giants wow. fan, even though I've grew up on metal. Yeah, Falsetto Land is like the musical version of. Do you guys like Ben Folds? Yes, huge huge fan. Really, I always thought Ben Folds was as close to William Finn as you could get in a pop writer. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't know. Oh, that's fair. Cool. Uh, apparently, he lives in Perth. Adelaide. Adelaide. Yeah, maybe. Uh, wait, you don't like... So, you don't... Aaron, you don't like Ben Folds, huh? I just never... I know Brick. Oh, oh yeah. Well, that, that, you haven't listened to his other albums? No. Evan, you need to introduce Aaron to more Ben Folds because because he only <laughs> knows Brick. Of course, you got you to gotta know, like, the Rock in the Suburbs album. Yeah. Like it's it's so musical theater. Yeah, I know that song. No, no, but the the album itself, like it's it's no, you and you do you know that like dear Evan Hansen, like those writers like fully admit to basically writing Ben Fold's ripoffs for that show. Uh, did they? But anyway, so I won't keep you any longer. Quickly, where can people find you on the social medias? On Instagram at at Andrew Leeds, and then mm-hmm. Twitter at Leeds Andrew. Confusingly. Yes. And uh, and yeah, watch the patient. Check it out. It's really good. Yeah, I can't wait to find out who's coming down the stairs. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh. Yeah. I thought he just had another one, you know, chained up. Oh. But no. Oh, oh that's I... interesting. I didn't even think about that. Spoiler alert. Yeah, I figured there was more. Well, there's only two episodes, so you can't spoil something that's only been two episodes so far. Yeah. Yeah, but I will be sitting there watching, right, and the whole time going, okay, so when's the person coming down the stairs or when's the person up? Yeah, that, yeah that's true. You did kind of root it, Evan. Yeah, so... <laughs> no, you... Oh, he, he'll get over it. Maybe. Yeah, get over it. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> I may momentarily forget. Yeah, thank you so much for getting us done. Thank you guys so much. Great to meet you guys. Yeah. Anyways, that's it from us. I'll be back. Evan won't. So thank you to everyone who's listened in for him. Stick around because we've got more to come with some new hosts. So every week will be a little bit different, a little bit fresher with some different voices. And hopefully I won't be in a couple of them so we can have a break from me. And if you at home think you'd be great on Team Metal and think you can keep up with me and my sense of humor, please let us know on Twitter at Thrash and Treasure. And also, let us know who you think would make an excellent cast in a gender swap version of Falsettos. And to you at home, you take care, and we shall see you next time. Thank you guys so much. That was so fun.